And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to what I will uh, deem the season preview Warriors plus minus podcast. Mixed into like kind of a Warriors All-82 because it's Tim Kawakami, it's Marcus Thompson, and myself post-game after, I don't know, the best preseason game in recent memory, I would say. Uh, all time. It's, it's the most exciting one I've watched, I think. I, can't, I couldn't believe that Mike Brown and Steve Kerr were kind of going for it like that. I'm sure it was dress rehearsal time. They were just it was one, promotion you know, of the in-season I, tournament. Yeah, it's like this felt like the first game of the in-season tournament. Uh, they were trying to win that game, and they were very. Warriors were very excited that they did. It was kind of fun to watch. I did not expect to be like really in tune with the game to the end and say, "Is Steph going to do this? Is Chris Paul going to set it up correctly?" It was, uh, it was fun, and it was a good way to go in the season. Yeah, I think, I'll skip the next one. I'm going to skip the next. Yeah, one. I think that the circumstances kind of created the environment where, like, the, like Mike Brown's upset with the way his team has played in preseason. He's been, uh, you know, not happy with the defense. I think he just wanted like the competitiveness to come out of him, so he kind of chased it and wanted to protect the lead. And then I think the Warriors, right now, uh, especially tonight, like Steve Kerr wanted to see Chris Paul and Steph Curry, like, late in the game, like, go after. I think he was – it was probably better to them that they were down eight than if they were up eight, right? It was like, go try to chase down and win, which they ended up doing. Yeah, and Steph had a clear chip on the shoulder. Uh, like, you could see him, like, felt like he should get more calls. He's starting to get a little testy. And then, I, I don't know, what do you think he sees when Kevin – when Herder's in front of him? Like, he's just – He's just – A red velvet cupcake. <laughs> he's just like, whenever he sees Herder in front of him, he's like, yeah, I'm going after him. I, I, and, you know, I do think you're right that this is a bit – shout out to uh, Aaron Wilson, Deuces, uh, Memphis's finest. Du- sexy red disciple, clearly. Uh, <laughs> Continue your thought. Marcus is doing they a were, podcast. They right were – like, they were – you know, that was almost like game eight, game eight of the playoff series. It's like De'Aaron Fox is talking trash to him, and they're going he's at it. Going to Chris Paul. Yeah, he's going yeah. to Chris Paul. Yeah, they were, they were going at it. Steph gets lined up, the final, you know, down two with De'Aaron Fox on him. Like, they, the, Steph was into it in a way, like, what, like, what are you doing, Steph? But he – and then after you see him at the end do the night-night, like he's yeah, walking off the court amazing. going at yeah. it. Like, it's pre-season like, yo, Steph, again. is the preseason pre-season game. Again. He was – there was a different energy. Like, he was into it, and I think that, that mattered a lot to them. Okay, let's kind of, I mean, obviously, if anything from tonight that you guys want to rope into your um, thoughts on the season, that's fine. But let's, I wanted to shift it to like a more of a season preview. And I guess we can just, like what, from what you've seen over the last three weeks or whatever it's been since they got to media day camp, the preseason games, like, are you higher on this team than you were end of the summer when you knew what the roster was now that you've kind of seen it try to, you know, start to come together? I think I'm higher. I mean, not not way higher, but I think the Chris Paul thing is going to work. I mean, we'll we'll see how long he's healthy. We'll see how, you know, everything plays out. It, they are smaller when he's out there, but I think he's good. I think he's a good player. I think he does organize them. I think they do get, you know, if if Kaminga said it after the game, if I scream for him and he's open, he's going to get me a shot because then I'm going to be open because the defense has to adjust. Uh, same thing with Steph. What we saw down the stretch, and if Kaminga's Pretty good to good. I think they're a better team than they were last season. I mean, I'm going to write something tomorrow. You just look at the minutes they gave to Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome last season. <laughs> I mean, it's it, they gave them over, combined over 2,000 regular season minutes. They're not going to give anybody, and I don't want to be mean here, yes, they're sure. not going to give anybody yeah. that bad 2,000 minutes. 
That's not happening this regular season, even with some injuries. Moses Moody might be squeezed out. Of the <laughs> I mean, is he like squeezed out of the rotation tonight? He might be. By the way, this is like a yearly out. tradition at this point. This is like a Kevon Looney benching. It's a, now a Moses Moody gets squeezed out in November. And by the way, Moses Moody will play 35 yes, minutes in game six of the West he's Finals. play in the crunch time. But you look at it, he's like the 12th man on this roster. Uh, and, hey, that's a good thing for them. I think they are deeper. Steve Kerr saying it. Uh, I don't know that they're going to win 50, but I think the 47 to 48, 49 win mark, which could get them 4-5, whatever, in a very competitive West, I think that's very doable. I, I'm higher on them just seeing it. Uh, then, and I wasn't low on them going into it, but I, I think Chris Paul is going to be pretty good for them. And that's, that's a, obviously the biggest move they made, the biggest factor that, that plays into this season. It's crazy how like 50 wins seems like such a tough ask in this modern NBA where I just I feel like, you know, seven years ago, like I, I covered a playoff series with the seven seed was the, you know, 50 wins. Now 50 last year would have got you the three seed, almost the two seed in the West. Um, but yeah, 50 feels like on the high end of what they can get to, but... You know, I don't know. I think the West is being a little overhyped. I think it's a bunch of average teams, and 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 if uh, you know a couple teams emerge and be more above average, I think fifty is very obtainable. But they have to stay healthy. Um, he mentioned the Chris Paul factor. That's one of the takeaways, obviously, from preseason. He has not actually looked that good. I think the behind the scenes aspect of it is clearly working, and the leadership aspect, and um, it's the stuff, the buy-in stuff. Thing, the combo yeah. was definitely yeah and tonight you know he even hits the the late you know he gets to his mid-range jumper hits that i think you know he he organized the offense as steve kerr loves he, he why is steve kerr like he, so happy with the organizer organized us he got us to get like the organizer the sh- he'll call him a chaperone at some point right andre's gone <laughs> the adult in the room oh, yeah, there yeah, the ball doesn't love that, that yeah he doesn't want to be just like the senior citizen on this team but he, he is at 38 yeah um but you know what is your marcus what is your um early Chris Paul impression going into the season? I'm actually, to answer the first question, I'm actually lower on them than I were. I was, I was, I was really high on them. Uh, I, I have more, I have concerns about defensively. To me, my question marks are Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga. Like, those are my question marks. Uh, like, it's not been a great preseason for Clay, <laughs> but... No. He was 1-9 at one point tonight. I don't know what he finished. Like minus 19. But, <laughs> yeah, and he still just kind of... He still kind of loses himself in the Clay Thompson mystique, in a way. And, you know, you're starting to look at, like, who can you go... Who can, who can they guard, right? Like, so the depth makes it feel like, all right, they got some bodies who they can throw at guys. You know, you can throw GP2 out there. Jonathan Kamega did pretty good. He's probably the better one on De'Aaron Fox tonight. Nobody else could feel like they could stop him. Yeah, we, I mean, Wiggins had a moment. Wiggins blocked him in isolation one time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we know Kaminga can individually yeah, defend. Can he team defense? Yeah, so, you know, Wiggins hasn't looked great. Clay hasn't looked great. Chris Paul hasn't looked great. And I'm not saying that that means they will have a bad, you know, season or anything. But I was thinking, you know, 50 wins. This team is going to win 50 wins because, you know, you add Chris Paul, that gets you – five more than last year right like chris balls were five wins but to me they're gonna have to figure i could see them having some difficulties figuring stuff out like how, you know they're so deep who plays what i mean he started trace jackson davis tonight like that feels like it's a curveball like hold on what are you thinking steve what's happening who so, so to me i think tk is right that 47 48 you know, which is basically what Sacramento was last year. That forty-eight, 48 and got right, yeah. three seed. That's what's crazy about this, yeah, like yeah. current West. So they're they're not. I mean, the, everybody's been talking about them. Like, I guess before the Milwaukee trade, it was like the Warriors, Denver, you know, Boston. Lakers. Yeah, like like so. They're I think they're like at the bottom of that list. But some things just need to go right there. They're older, man. Like they, they're it's definitely old. old. They're old and short. They need to be deep, right? Yeah. They need to be deep because these guys are gonna get hurt. I mean, and they're going to miss five, eight games at a time, and they need other guys who can play those minutes. That's why Moody is going to be so important. That's why GP2 is going to be so important, not just as backups, but as potentially just as guys playing 30 minutes when the other guys are hurt. Guys well, playing 15 games. Here's, yeah. They won 44 with 
Draymond punching Jordan Poole in preseason yeah. and with Wiggins playing less than half That's the season. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Those so, two things. Give him, you know. And then you add Chris Paul. Like, yeah. how many is that? That's like 10 games, it feels yeah. like. like yeah. So, I'm thinking – I was thinking – It's they won 44 last year, yes, by the way. Nobody. I mean, like, they, they were finished ahead of the Lakers last season. Of course, Lakers started 2-10. and 10, But, uh, again, you can't just take that and say that means they're going to be so, so much better this season. I just think Kerr feels more comfortable with this group. I think – you know, we haven't seen this reason with Draymond at all. You know, that makes a difference. Um, and I think Steph is, as we saw tonight, I'll throw in a little bit tonight. Steph's pretty good. Still, he's still got some things. He can, he can do some things. And he's determined to be as good as he ever was. I think he's got at least one more season of that in him. If he's as good as he was last season, if he stays mostly healthy, plays 65, 70 games. I don't know how they don't win at least 45. And then, you know, then it becomes how Absolutely. do you get higher than that? Absolutely. And then, obviously, like, health is a factor. To me, I think they'll, their peak might be higher than their record. And the, and the way the Lakers were, where their record was cool, but the best, when they were at their best, they were they were better than a team that finished as, like, what, you know. It might have been the second best team. Yeah, they were, they were really they good. They also, yeah. and they, like, heavily redid their roster yeah. at the deadline and I'm not the Warriors I don't think are going to do that but I will say this season with this group at this moment with a new GM by the way Mike Dunleavy who has shown a little bit more aggressiveness to, to you know shake some stuff up I could see this being a more aggressive deadline team than it has been in the last few yeah. so that part of the, your Lakers comparison yeah when they I feel like when this team clicks it's going to be really good the question is how long does that take uh, like, you know, when do you get Draymond? I mean, talking to Chris Paul afterwards, he's like, when we get Draymond, that's going to that's gonna be a game changer. But to me, like, the, one of the key elements, you can see it already, even though it doesn't show up on the floor, Chris Paul's in, in, a, in a locker room after the game mad about turnovers. And you just don't see Warriors players mad about turnovers after the Sarge <laughs> even mentioned it, too, all the after a win. He's like, I'm like, you know, talking to Chris Paul, he's like, man, these turnovers, I'm like, Hey, that's kind of where his basketball. He's like, that means I really can't turn it over. Like, so he's like stressing about turnovers. Like, his were like, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. He's had a few. So he's yeah. had some doozies. He's like picking like really kind of sloppy pick and roll passes. It's just like it's like it's like they're you know he was supposed to come cut it down, but they're like, nah, buddy, we're you gonna we're gonna us. influence you. You are one of us. You are one of us. <laughs> Osmosis. Uh, yeah, we're gonna influence you, sir. All right, uh, I'm just gonna fire off random season preview ish questions um what and obviously like lineups will be mixed and matched night tonight but what is your best guess on what their best most used closing lineup is gonna be you put me on the spot with the hottest take i'm gonna have oh i know what this one is let's go and god bless him he's gonna finish some games he's Still, you know, had the most, had the most, had the most, fifty percent of games. <laughs> I had the most three pointers in the league last year. Uh, obviously, had come back from a lot, but I think, and we saw some of it tonight. Although he, Kerr put Clay back in uh, with about five minutes left, but Steph, CP3, Wiggins, Draymond, could be Looney, could be Kaminga, and Clay. I think Clay might be the one who sits the most. Now, it might be Looney just because of the, the Looney Draymond thing. You know, maybe you don't finish with both of them out there. Uh, but I think Clay is an equal part of who might sit. And I think it's put CP3 in there too. He might sit some of these games no, too, yeah, just for m- matchup purposes. But I'm not saying it's just going to be Looney. I'm not saying it's just. It, it, I think Clay, against some teams, is just not, shouldn't be on the court to close games. If he's not shooting well. And he is going to have trouble guarding people. And there isn't a natural, there isn't Jared Vanderbilt out there for him to guard. Because sometimes you want Steph guarding Jared Vanderbilt, right? I mean, or, you know, there's just, there's going to be moments, there's going to be games, some of the toughest games, where I think Clay, 50% of the time, isn't going to close games. I'm going to say it right now. I think that is a bigger potential, like, thorn for this locker room to deal with is the closing lineup question, particularly on the games that they lose. Yeah. You know, because when you lose a game, we all kind of know how sports works, but when you lose a game and you're the one sitting over there watching it, that's the time when you can kind of grumble, like, well, if I was out there, we might have won. Sure, if they, you know, if they're on a six game homestand and they're, you know, five and one on it and he's making, you know, different closing lineup decisions, guys are probably going to be handling it well as long as it's going well. But when it's not, then, you know, 
considering the personalities on this team and as how, how crowded the closing lineup question will be, I do think that's where like that's where we kind of need to monitor how it's going. Marcus, your best guess at what the most used closing lineup. I got my guess, and then I'm gonna say what yours is because I'm I'm gonna guess what yours is. Your closing lineup. I mean, I'm going with uh, unlike TK, who's very enticing. I'm, it's very enticing, but I'm going with CP, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. I feel like they're gonna go. They're gonna go that way. And it's going to take a lot for Steve to start seeing dudes like. The one thing I think we learned tonight, just hearing Steve talk, he wants CP on the floor at the end of games. Like, he wants Chris Paul yeah. with the ball in his hands on the floor. So that is, that's going to be his preferred thing. And uh, there was a one play he identified tonight. I'll probably put it if I write this story. Uh, the t- they were top-blocking Steph, and he just knew the right exact time to, you know, Control dribbled it up and got it to Steph on a top block. And it, you really watch the play. Like it's pretty simple point guard basketball. But then you're like, you know, there were times last year where a simple top block would just blow up their yeah, offense. Simple play, yeah. Overplay kills this team all the time. Uh, so I, I think by virtue, TK, of the fact that Steve is going to try it long enough, it'll get the most. <laughs> and it'll take like. It'll the most resistance. Yeah, yeah. It'll take because it's going to be tough for him to sit with dudes. So I could see it more like a 60-40 type deal where that's it. And then towards, if it's not working, clearly you lean towards the other thing. But I'm going to guess. Usually you want to say it. Usually want to say it. The other thing. What's the other thing? What's the other thing? What? It's Clay sitting. That's the other thing? Oh yeah, I do yeah, feel like yeah, I do yeah. feel like Clay will be one option sit, but I also think there's another one that if I had to guess later, it would be Draymond sitting and Looney in that spot. I mean, I think that's an option on certain nights. I would, I, I would. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's like he was saying it, and he's been saying this in 22 playoffs. Well, I mean, do we remember Game Four in Boston? I think we all do. Um, no, I mean, I would like I. If I'm literally just guessing statistically what will be their crunch time most used lineup at the end of the season, I would agree that it's going to be uh, those five sitting loony because it's, I do think at the end of the day they continue to show us that they believe no matter how good that that five-man starting lineup combination is, when it comes down to crunch time, they they just don't feel like they can have those two bigs on the floor with the spacing problems. Yeah, they that closed it gives with them. Jordan last year a lot. And you knew it made sense because the spacing and matchups – and Draymond at center is yes, is historically their best center down the, the down the stretch. The one guy that I do think will also be roped into this. I, so we're t- Looney obviously is an option. Chris Paul's an option. Clay's an option. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins yeah. is known for, like I, his defense is obviously imperative. But like we know Wiggins, he can no show. Like he is a king of the occasional just no show for a week, uh, low energy and. As much as Steve loves what Chris Paul brings from an organization standpoint, we know what he loves. Draymond brings from a competitive edge standpoint. Clay brings from a spacing and also a competitive standpoint late in games. I mean, we remember even questioning the last couple of years, Steve, if like, hey, you know, maybe you oh, yeah. start Jordan Poole, and he was just always like, no, no it's chance. Clay Thompson. No, yeah, no chance. Yeah. There's a little of that the in spirit him. Spirit of the team, yeah. right? I mean, and I, I would, in a different way, you know, could you lose Clay if you sit him a few times? And you lose a but game. But could you lose Wiggins if you do it, right? I mean, that's somebody who might. The question uh, you know. is, if you lose Wiggins, is it more damaging than if you lose Clay? You need him to guard Luka. You need him to guard those guys. Like, who's going to guard those? GP2? But, but then, then we're changing a lot of yeah, different things no in, the, in the lineup, right? I mean, like, Wiggins fits because that he fits along with all those guys. I think I, know, I understand the point. I just. Man, you can't lose Wiggins. He's so important. There's no one else who does what he, he does. He isn't necessarily, I don't sense, a personality that, like, on an occasional night where he is not playing well, and we know those are there are those nights where you're like, is he out there tonight? If he gets benched and they lose, I mean, we're in the locker room. You just Can you imagine walking in there and Wiggins is, like, grumbling in the corner? I... I yeah, but what he's kind he, of he's not full he loony personality. Like, hey, <laughs> no, he's just watching NFL Red Zone on a Tuesday yeah, yeah. for some how reason. Much is, how much is their investment in him meant to him? It's meant a ton. Like we got your back, we're your guys. I see what you're saying. I think it's, it's different. Like if Clay doesn't play down the stretch and they lose, he will be sitting in front of his locker, head down, and, door, fuming, yeah. and, and fuming, and fuming, yeah. and muttering, and fuming. 
And you know what? You want that. You want guys who want to play. You know, same thing with CP3. He's going to be doing the same thing. God damn, if Draymond's not in the game at the end and they lose, uh, it will be something to behold. Uh, but that's what they got themselves into with this. Uh, and Jordan didn't like it when he wasn't no. finishing. No, and he they didn't. dealt, you know, look, hey, you're just not going to do it. That Well, they can't say the same thing to the current group, uh, the guys they got now. Be fascinating. I mean, Kerr's going to have to be very, very politic about it. He already has been, right? He's been incredibly diplomatic about this. And I think Draymond's injury isn't great, but it's helped them, right? It's like they could put Chris Paul in the starting line. I'm going to have to talk about it. It's just the way it's going to be. Uh, and then we'll see what happens when Draymond's back. But winning is everything. I, I, I am going to compare this possibly to the two years ago when, remember, they came off of the 15-5 and five and everything. You know, they had that good feeling. They added the veterans who really fit, and they got off to the 18-2 start. How many times have we heard 15-5 and five led to 18-2? and two? Uh, I don't think 18-2 and two is coming, but I think something similar where they're feeling good about themselves, maybe 15-8, and eight, you know, something where they're – third seed in the west things are going great i don't expect them to finish third seed but i think they're aiming for something like that and i think they do need something like that to kind of balance everything out and they got a shot at it you know they're they've got really good players and they're veterans and they should be coming out to shoot fast uh sarich is a big upgrade like they've got some up clear upgrades uh jay played james wiseman some last season right this trace Jackson Davis. I said it to Marcus and I tweeted, is better than James Wiseman. He's better. He's than older. Him. He's older. He's just currently he older. He just fits what they do. Uh, and that means they're a better team. So, you know, a fast start, a lot of this calms down. If they're the three seed, no one's going to be grumbling. Uh, but if they're the A seed and they're. Yeah, again, it's about losses. It, it, you know, if you, if you are the, the sixth non closer on a certain night, on opening night, let's say. But you beat the Suns, the locker room, and the player who was put off to the side, he might feel a type of way, but he can't really voice it. But that turns different if you lose that game. Yeah. And that's just how, that's, again, you know, kind of sports. You know, we talk about this, and, and I do believe in closing mm-hmm. units, and we know Kerr has definitely played it the last four minutes pretty much. He stays with it. But what if he goes, mixes and matches within the last four minutes, right? He can go loon, offense, defense. You know, he could kind of fix, play it around that way. Other teams do it that way. He has not traditionally done it He's because he's had the five-man unit. He's had that group. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different. Maybe he goes offense, defense, Paul for Looney. You know, he could do something like that. Uh, and But then if they lose that one, he's going to be grumbling about that too. I wanted to be in there the whole time. Uh, it's it, certainly stuff to, to watch. I think having more good players than you usually do is better than not. And then it's up to the you know, coaching staff and it's up to the veterans to figure out how to handle it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We can rope like uh, the, the Clay Thompson conversation we're having about, you know, if he's pressing or if he's not closing on certain nights. Um, do, do you two think that will be more complicated if he is on an expiring deal entering the season? Um, and, you know, again, we can talk about that because my sense right now, talking to him, talking to, you know, people around the team, like this, it's not a distraction at all. Um, it is something that, I think both sides are are comfortable if it does go to free agency. Again, like Draymond just went to free agency, and by the end it was pretty obvious uh, that he was coming back. But when we mentioned Shoot, pressing. The playoffs was over, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it seemed obvious the other way at this time last year, you know, after what happened in the preseason. But I just mean with the Clay thing, like I think he's saying the right things. I think the team uh, is kind of messaging the right things behind the scenes. Uh, and, again, I don't think it's a topic. I don't think you – you guys even sense like this is not Durant final season. This isn't even Draymond. This isn't even what Draymond's felt like last year because of the contract situations that bubbled up in the preseason, the punch, all that. Like this doesn't feel dramatic at all. But my question is, considering what we're talking about, Clay Thompson maybe not closing games, maybe pressing at times. Is it? Do you think that would be easier for him to handle if he's sitting there with a, a four-year deal? Yeah, I mean. The question is whether the deal is causing him to press. Like, if he's out there trying to say, trying to prove I deserve a, a lot of money. He says no. Yeah, he's saying no. But, you know, we all know Clay Thompson. Yeah. So if he if he really believes that and he's just pressing, I feel like all we're talking about is how much money he's going to get. Like, so it's not like, is he going to be here with the other guys? It was like, he might be gone. If he doesn't play well, it just means the price will be lower, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if he's content with that, to me, I'm curious if he's really not going to be out there trying to prove that, yo, you could pay me. You know what I'm saying? Because it looked like tonight he was. I think it's less about money, more about, like, status in the league. He wants to get back to being an all-star. And the other thing is he came – he he scrimmaged all summer. He came into camp in shape. I kept hearing about how good he's been looking. Oh, man. I mean, Come everybody on, was stop. talking about how good Come a shape on, and stop. how good he looked. And, I mean, I'm not saying, like, he looks, he looks in shape. Yeah, yeah. He's just missing everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe he could be part of, like, you know, Steph and CP3 are trying to figure out themselves. Yeah. So maybe Clay isn't the one. You, know, you would figure that would be great for everybody, but maybe he has to figure out kind of his spot in all that. Uh, and he hasn't had Draymond. So, you know, that's somebody who is very good at picking out Clay when he's moving. That could be all part of it. I, I think it can't. We can't write it off like it, it's impossible for him to be bothered by this because he could. Yeah. But I do think what Marcus was saying, if he plays great, he's going to get more money. It's going to be from the Warriors. If he plays bad, he's going to get less money, but it's going to be from the Warriors. Yeah. Right? I mean, like that part isn't – I mean, there there is a scenario where it's not from the Warriors, but it's unlikely. Yeah, and it's like Oklahoma City offered him more. Is he leaving? Yeah, like, yeah. Is Oklahoma City going to offer him more? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's yeah. not – I don't – again, I – like he's not getting forty million dollars a year from anybody if he plays poorly. And it's again, not, I think he happening. knows that, and and I think we all would all agree it's not it's it is kind of less about the money and more about just like who he still believes he is. And does he think the Warriors are trying to put it on him? Like I mean, you could yeah. feel that. And Wiggins did not feel that when he took a lot less. Mm-hmm. But also, you know what, Andrew Wiggins is probably not going to get that offer anywhere. I mean, a bigger offer anywhere else. Like the at some point, you did like Draymond could have hit free agency and decided thought you know I'm going to get 33 a year, and he didn't. He decided to take 25. Clay is a little prideful. We know that and. Th- has had gone I think the leg injuries really affect just where he thinks he's his place in the league is where he wants to get back to all those things but I I, I go back to 89 95% of this is you're getting paid by the Warriors what you know the number is going to be different the team isn't going to be different so that shouldn't be a huge thing and he's already made millions and millions of dollars they paid him for two years when he did not play a quite high number when they signed him when he was had a torn ACL. Again, he's was worth whatever he could get from them. I completely not saying that, but 
he's going to be a warrior. I think everyone around here is pretty sure of that. I think he's pretty sure of that. It, now he's just determining what the dollar is. And they're not going to give him $10 million, right? It's going to be 20 or it's going to be 24 you know, This isn't going to be trying to knock We're him down to the, 20s. Yeah, I they're think. not going to knock I him think. down. They're not going to knock him down to the mid-level or anything like that. So within that context, yeah, there could, he has every right to, to, to try to get every single dollar. But I just don't think... If Clay starts off the season, the first 20 games, he's shooting 38% and 32 from three and not looking great on D, they're still going to offer him $22 which, million hey, dollars which, a year. Which, by the way, is like half of his career he has had an opening yes, month like yes. that. I mean, think about how many Clay Thompson, like, bad months. It wasn't just last season uh, that, that this happened. Uh, okay, I have a, I have, I'm switching us on topics. This is a question that I'm hoping to get an ambitious answer out of at least one of you two. Uh, by the end of the season, Jonathan Kaminga will be considered the blank best player on the Warriors. Sixth. <laughs> oh, you're hopping him over somebody. Yeah. Unless well, you, do you currently what, consider what him the sixth? What is he now? What is he now? I mean, I don't think he's better than the starting six, so I guess. So you're saying seven? Yeah. Right now. now, yeah, yeah. So, are you saying seven at the end of the season? Still, I mean, you might be. Again, I was, I was fishing for an ambitious answer. Maybe I'll get one out of ten. But you know, you could say like fourth or something. Like, it's not. I'm partly asking this because we can talk I think about he it. He could be. He could. He could have a better season than either Clay or Wiggins, and possibly Looney, Looney. Draymond. Uh, yeah, Cor could be Draymond. I worry. I worry about him defensively, but yeah. Uh, I I don't think so though. I just don't. I don't think he's gonna get the what we've seen from Jonathan Kaminga is probably not happening in the game, right? The, a lot the, of uh, a lot of it can't. I mean, yeah. you know, like the the amount of shot attempts, the amount of possessions that he's allowed to use that turn into turnovers that that'll get him pulled off the court. I mean, you saw it tonight. He's not closing, right? Mm-hmm. Dario Saric is closing. Yeah. Um. So there'll still be some frustration within that, but also. His jumper looks really good. His mid-range, like some of his dribble moves. And, again, I know these are moves that he's sharpening that that are going to matter more when he's 25, 26 years old. And he considers and believes he can be a a number two option by that point on a team. Uh, And, you know, maybe it's with the Warriors. Maybe it's elsewhere. He's kind of fast-forwarding. Like, he looks sharp as an offensive scorer right now, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he just seems more confident, more – like decisive, and that's obviously what point five, right? Didn't he make a joke about that? Like point five basketball when he threw it to Steph out of bounds. Uh, but I, yeah, I go and go with Marcus. Pretty boring six in the season, maybe the six. But I think he could Who be like he, he could be the third most important. Okay. Like I'm gonna change. Like it, right now, he's probably seventh, eighth most important. Like he's just like this season's so important that he isn't that part of that, right? This all in thing, but. Overall, like uh, you put Steph to the side, like uh, who's more important than Jonathan Kaminga? I mean, Draymond I mean, if he yeah, has yeah. a Wiggins type year, like Wiggins from twenty twenty two. Their ceiling. That's yeah, he's that, the ceiling that, that, he raises their ceiling like crazy. If he and, if he and ends, beyond obviously yeah, if future, he ends yeah. up being like the third best player on the team, second best player on the team, like that changes everything for this team. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of why I'm asking. Yeah, because if he can pull that off, it's just, man, they'd have to say to somebody who's been an all-star and a pillar of a champion, move over, buddy. Giannis Kamiga's here. And I have a hard time thinking. I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about how important these few weeks were for Kaminga. And it's yeah. like, they, they, it was like, yeah, we want him to come out and, like, you know, the power forward spot is mine. Essentially, you know, play to the point that it's like, sheesh, you know, you – forced your way yeah. into it and then it you know my comment was like oh that would kind of complicate yeah. rear well, rotation questions and it's like yeah it would yeah, but absolutely. you know that's good right you know, you two know. years ago i think they were thinking he might be the draymond replacement now that was before they gave draymond four year contract but yeah put a little pushing a little competition it's never bad and by the and, way yeah. he could be the four and draymond's the five yeah, yeah exactly and or like you you kind of suggested they could trade him you know i mean that's not out of the question i don't think they want to and you know they'd want somebody young not maybe not as young as him but, but they, they wouldn't want but what you're player. saying is if he spikes his value by february suddenly he's a huge trade ship kaminga plus chris paul get you what like you know you can start thinking about stuff like that now, maybe not this season but the end of the season i mean that's how you start thinking whoa we can get into 
I don't even want to, you know, we know the names. Um, He's about to embed it. Is he Giannis? Where's he, where's he going? Where's do he going? that, though. Can this team, with the way Curry is, with how the ball works, how the offense works, can this team create an opportunity for for him to even do that? It's going like, to have to be the second unit. That's it's, what just, I'm it's just going like, to be second I just unit, don't yeah. even know if the opportunity is there. Like, he would have to be really good in a number six role for a while for them to be like, hey, man, it's time, hey, watch out. Like, he, he's, because he's, he's maybe he's good, doing it, but he's, he's been good and it don't matter. No, I know. He was good down the stretch. The last 21 games post all break, no Wiggins, he was good. He's gone. He hits the three in a way that defenses have to guard him. Then you can play him with Looney. They cannot play him with Looney right now. And so I think that changes a lot of dynamic. And does that put Draymond on the bench? Maybe for a little bit more than usual. Uh, does it put Looney on the bench when he plays him with Draymond? Because he can hit the three maybe a little bit more than usual. That, that's how he gets those minutes. If he hits the he three. he got to hit the three. If he which, hits the three, he's pushing Wiggins. Which, by the way, like <laughs> what's interesting fine. is, especially when he was drafted, what the reputation as a shooter is, what he shot when he was on the G League Ignite, um, to what he is now, like he's really – Oh, it looks Dude, really good. He was like, I think eight of thirteen the first few preseason games. Now, am I like, and this this is something that can change a defense, uh, change what defense do. If he's lining up an open three right now, I'm like, you know, there's decent chances going down. And to me, like that's step one. Step two is fake, boom, take off. You know, mm-hmm. if he's if he's doing that, and you can put him on perimeter guys, which is probably where he's a better defender now. Like, yeah, I feel like that's a game changer. I just don't know. If how everything is set up is going to give him the the runway to do it. Yeah, I would say. Because um, you still, the offense is still centered around Wardell. So, I mean, that that limit, that diminishes your capacity right there. And then Chris Paul is going to have the ball in his hand. To what, but, again, we all know over the course of this 82-game season, there's going to be long chunks. There's going to be long chunks of absences, which, by the way, he took advantage of last year with Wiggins. With, you know, Steph was out plenty of times. The question now becomes this year, does he become so good that it's just, like, unavoidable? Yes. The coaching staff cannot just I think he does that. scale him back I think again. he does that. I think he becomes – I think they get to a point where it's, like, depending on matchup, him or GP2's first first guy off the bench. Yep. Like, that's what I think. I thought that should have been last year. <laughs> but I, get, I understood why. Uh, but, you know, that's one point you can say with Kurt. Like, if you had just played him and played him, even when, you know, just throughout, no matter what, then he would might have been better in that Kings series. And then if he was better in the Kings series, he might have been pretty important in the Lakers series. He might have screwed you up, too. Uh, but... But the so only way whoever was out there. Yeah, that's the why only he way seven. The only way they're getting through the West is with Jonathan Kaminga no being a major, well, part, I, major part of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, remember, you understood the strategy behind, like, Jermichael Green starting member in the Lakers okay. series. Like, oh, you know, you're just trying to space the floor. And, like, th- that would be Sarge this year, and you'd feel even better about that. Um, but also then you, you – you, in, in one way, it makes sense. In the other way, you're like, Jermichael Green over Jonathan Kaminga? Like, what? Like, Jermichael Green's not in the league like, right now. Like, do you feel better taking that corner three? Like, I don't feel that much better with Jermichael Green over Jonathan Kaminga. No. I do – like, I'd say put Jonathan Kaminga out there. A- at least you have the fake drive. I might dunk. I might yeah. draw a foul. Like, but, I mean, Kerr's going to have his proclivities, right? Like, he's, he's going to lean on experience. He's going to lean on veterans. He's going to lean on what he knows. And that means – Four guys are not like losing their minutes. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's just gonna be the difficult part. So where do you find the rest of them? Like I don't, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. Second and you, and, 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 and GP two is already one of those guys. Like yep. Yep. there's that's another. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like so it is. I mean, really, we're Marcus Like, how many minutes did he play tonight in this dress rehearsal game? Like six minutes, something like that. Oh Moses, poor Moses Moody. What? Every year at this time, every year he's 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 not a uh, October November. They do uh, have some guys if they wanted to do it, and I don't think they, like they. If you put Moody, Pajemski, someone, I mean, they can trade some guys next year's one. I don't think they need to, but God, if Steph is still as good as he is, I mean, you might want like the, a twenty-eight year old. You know, you know who's stud. You know, backup small the, forward. The problem in the scenario you're talking about is to me, Moody's market value is not n- nearly as 
valued as I think the Warriors still internally believe he is, you know, yep. can play as a player. Pajemski, very, you know, he was a 19th overall pick. Like at this point, his value's not that high. Now, Kaminga's the guy that can leap you into the category that you're talking about from a trade, but then it's like, you know, Joe Lake want to trade Jonathan Kaminga, you think? <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do that, but because they love their depth and there's going to be injuries and these guys are going to play. That's but, the big uh, if they're going into the you know final stretch and Moses Moody's not playing and Pashemsky's not playing and maybe Jackson Davis isn't playing, like you're gonna there's some talented players here, and GP two is playing spot. And like, like, you're like you could you turn that into something? You know, I, I don't. I'm just throwing it out there because I think Pashemsky has shown that he it could be in the rotation and he's not going to be in the rotation. Like, we have saw he did not play tonight. He did not seem entirely thrilled by that either. But, hey, he's you're supposed to be not thrilled about not playing. All you hear yeah. from people behind the scenes is how confident this is. Yeah, he's a confident he dude. Is. He is absolutely confident. First, and that's good. First rookie to high-five the media for doing a good job today. Yeah, like, that, that was, was weird. Um, <laughs> that was his point okay. saying that I did not play today and I'm going to be talkative because I didn't play, which is cool. I've got no problem with that. There's an edginess to him, but he's not going to play. You know, for against Phoenix, close game. He's not playing. Okay, Moody is likely you, not playing. Let, that, 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 those are two good players who we have out of the rotation. More right minutes now. this season. Trace Jackson Davis or Brandon Pajemski? Trace Jackson Davis. Oh, easy. Trace. Yeah. Trace seems, seems kind of ready. What did you think of him tonight against the bonus? I, I like that he battled. Like, number one, he battled. He's he he's not tall, but he's he, he's physical. He'll get down in there. But the, the, part, the part I like about him most is he goes up strong. Like, mm-hmm. he goes up he to finish. finish. Yeah, he doesn't always finish. finish, but he goes up to finish, which to me was the problem with Wiseman. Like, if you just go up, like, I'm going to dunk it. Well, like, you know the big difference between him and Wiseman? Like, Wiseman loved his, like, he believed he had, like, a feathery eight-foot yeah, fadeaway. Yeah, no. Where Trace Jackson Davis is like, not shooting a jumper. No, he he like, just, like, will he shoot a jumper this year? I'm not even <laughs> nah, sure. He's no. like, yo, I'm he's trying to and... I'm trying to get as close to the rim as possible and dunk it or lay it in. And, you know, the veterans love that. They love Trace Jackson he Davis. He moves to the right spot, yeah. which Wiseman didn't always do. And you know what I love about him? He catches the pass. How many games did he play the Steve Kerr point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sounded like Brock Purdy there. He's like, oh, he played a lot of, four years of college. But there's something to it. He knows what he he's doing. Like, you don't see any, like, emotive response from him. He's not like, he drops the ball, Mr. Lev. He's not pouting. This is all like, the Wiseman indictment. But is that's fair because that was their backup center last year. He was like, he was their backup center to start last season. And it absolutely didn't work. And you see it. I mean, I think I think Jackson Davis is, is going to have a better NBA career than James Wiseman. I, I just came off a curl, a came off a curl, wide open, dotted line jumper from the most trigger happy dude on the team, and he threw a lob <laughs> to Trace Jackson Davis. I just knew that was a shot. I'm like, Clay passed up an open shot to throw a lob to a rookie. <laughs> like that was like, oh wow, they he, love this dude. He gets yeah. to the right spot. You yeah. can just feel it. He gets to the right spot in a GP two sort of way, like you know, yeah. just kind of wandering around. Defense where gets about him, and boop, he takes two steps he's, in. Yeah, he's he right knows there. Knows how to read the I angles. Think, and I think he's gonna play. Over. I think I again, do too. And another it, guy, you know, again, there's more. Ro- we're just adding people to the rotation, which is gonna back it up a little bit. Well, I do too. And to me, where, where he matters a lot, and, and this was this was continually relayed to me in the off season when I would ask front office people like, why not another big. You know, why not one of these veteran bigs? You know, like, obviously, that's a topic that even, you know, by the way, their players, their, their players were curious about it. You know, like, Dwight Howard's coming in, and he had some some backers, some some high, you know, big-name backers. Uh, number 23 might have been one of them. Yes, but one of the points that was made was, like, we drafted Trace Jackson Davis to be ready now, and, like, he's a center. Like, he maybe not be considered your, like, traditional veteran known center. Uh, he's not a, you know, seven-footer. But he is a center in the league that they think can give minutes. He is the extra big yeah. that, that, you know, Especially we've been if you're doing a third big. Like, unless you're getting somebody better than Looney, you might as well go with well, the are guy. you Like, is Dwight Howard better than Trace Jackson Davis, like, at this current moment in 2023? I don't think we know unless we're watching the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Looking pretty good over there. But, you know, and also... When we, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that Kerr hasn't played Garuba at all recently. It's like, he's your fourth. He's going to be your two-way guy who you can get in there when somebody's hurt. He would have played tonight. Say, like, you know, no Looney, no Draymond. It gets awfully thin, right? I mean, if Sarge gets in foul trouble, they're really light, and they're going up against a bonus. 
you would want Garuba would be that guy. I don't know why Kerr isn't playing him at all. Maybe he'll play the last game, or maybe he just he has fin- he, he has finishing he, issues. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got a lot of issues. That's why yeah. he's a two way guy, former number one pick. But um, yeah, is you're you're not getting a great player with that. Might as well like try to work it with another position as somebody you might play. I'm trying to think of who. You By know, the who way, try to develop because yeah. what Trace Jackson is now like by the time camp comes around next year, he might be considered, like, you know, a, a nice core, like, eighth-man type piece. A, That's reasonable thought to have at this point. It's a, it's a bit of a philosophical transition, right, with, between Dunleavy and Bob Myers. Because remember the last time we were talking about drafting a 23-year-old, they were like, yeah, and the Myers, is, they're like, yeah, nah, we don't. That 23-year-old yeah. might have been in the building tonight. And he might be starting for. Well, he's hurt. <laughs> but we're, ta- we're talking too much. I know, right? But but the fact I don't even that know the, what you're talking about, so that's good. Yeah, that's I'm good. good. <laughs> but uh, the fact that they've got this 23 year old and they like they like the fact that he's 23 is it just shows the change in philosophy. Like, it's a it's a drastic shift from what it's, they were. It's a Steve Kerr, Steph Curry. Let's maximize also, this. Mike yeah. Dunleavy too. I think yeah, he's no, along I mean, those lines. I agree. I agree. I agree. And Myers was along that line in many ways. But he was upside guy, absolutely an upside guy. You understand it, and he hit on a lot of it. Uh, and he drafted Kaminga, and Kaminga could turn out to be really good. But this is much more fit guys with what we've got right now, and play them now. You know, Trace, if Looney can't play, and Draymond's not all the way back, Trace Jackson Davis starting against Phoenix Suns, would that be a disaster for the Warriors? I don't think it would. I mean, you know, they don't have a great center that they have to match up with. Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, I know. They don't. So, and would he help on Durant? Would he help on, you know, maybe get a dunk? He'd probably foul out in like 16 minutes, but it'd be 16 high energy minutes to get a few lobs. I agree with you. I'll just say it like this. Last year, these, you know, young guy minutes that like they're, they're out of the rotation, but can you plug them on the floor? They couldn't put Ryan Rollins in the game. Like they could like I would say they couldn't put Baldwin in, but there was a few times they put Baldwin in. You're like, hey, you hit a few threes. I don't know why I'm they don't try it. Yeah, <laughs> you were in on Baldwin. Ron Adams and um, me. Ron Adams and me. Yes. But I but these two are are more ready than those two are. And that is just that's a that's a marginal on the margins type rotation <laughs> improvement. They're more ready than James Wiseman was in his third season. That's the that's the underlying. But, you know, it, Wiseman is minding his own business right, right now, know. just catching strains. He, he, he's taking him apart. He's he, he trying to fight his way into the the Detroit Pistons freaking front court right now. Jalen Duran, um, you know, they had Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome play a ton last season. A ton. They will not have that this season. There's another. You know, that's they are just got better players. They might not all work together. But they got better players, and Trace Jackson Davis is a real big sign of that. They just got better players. Uh, okay, uh, last one. Give me, you know, can you guys uh, both come up with a bold, bold statement about the season? It can be about a player, coach, record guess, MVP guess. It doesn't even necessarily have to be about the Warriors if you don't want it to be. Does, does either of you have Steph win the MVP? Do Do you actually believe that? I do believe that. Um, okay. Do you want to expand, or that's just Steph Curry. I do feel like, you know, a lot of uh, that MVP stuff is about the previous year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like how, what you carry into it. Uh, if they're good, you, you prevented that earlier, but if they're good with Chris Paul, I think Steph's going to get credit for that. <laughs> What's more likely, Steph Curry MVP or Chris Paul sixth man of the year? Yeah, you have to, But you have to come off the bench more games yeah, than you start, which he might. Yeah, Came off the bench tonight. You well, don't think what so? I like about the Curry MVP, other than obviously he's incredibly good, is that you've got two for Jokic, you got two for Giannis before that. Like there might be a resistance to giving them another one. Give an American, so, like, give you, an yeah, American you take, an MVP. You take those two guys off the table. <laughs> that's, man, that's a big. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but I, I won't go. That's a good one though. That's a good one by MT. Um, God, I. I, I think my guess would be just kind of my normal prediction that I kind of, at this state, I think they're going to make a big trade either at the deadline or at the end of the season. That's not super dramatic, but... You I mean think like basically st- before next year's free agency? Yes, yes. I think there's going to be... I'm not saying it's Giannis or Jokic. I mean, Jokic. Why am I saying that now? I'm not saying it's going to be Giannis or Embiid, but somebody's going to come loose 
and the Warriors are suddenly going to be jumping into this. I think Dunleavy is th- that kind of guy. I think, you know, it's been a while since they got Durant. And they, I guess Wiggins kind of counts, but maybe even a higher scale than that. I just think they're in that mode to get a 28-year-old in his prime. This is the guy, whether it takes trade in Kaminga or you pair this guy with Kaminga, it's not a two-timeline thing because it would also maximize the Steph era at the very end, but I just think they're kind of getting in shape where they're going to have some things that they can trade where when, you know, a Pascal Siakam, that's, you know, a name that everybody thinks of, but he will be a free agent. But that level of player, I think they're going to be on the hunt for something like that. And they, they set themselves up for that by trading pull for Chris Ball. It's just a, a contract you can trade because it's – Thirty million. It could be if they guarantee it for next year. It's a thirty million dollar contract for next year. That's a, that's a perfectly tradable contract. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm, I'm going to predict the Warriors make a move like that. Maybe for uh, NBA leading scorer this year, Jordan Poole. Maybe oh, they can oh, go get. Yeah. Oh, he might take it over. Take it over. Forty one tonight <laughs> in uh, MSG. Go, go for it, Jordan. Go for it. Uh, okay. What's your yeah, what's what's Jordan? Oh, uh, Jordan Poole is going to win the no, NBA scoring no. title. Is that is it? No, no. Okay. The greatest, the most underpaid player in the history of the league, Jordan Poole. He's going to make his money this year. He's going to earn it. Um, I think I think a Kaminga season's coming. Um, I just kind of I feel it from a mentality standpoint from him. Uh, I just, again, I think – I think his offense is is is, is pretty you polished right for, now. You guys weren't there for the Kaminga presser. He, I asked him a bunch of questions. He a- answered them directly. Like they, it was like he was good. The, I, I sat know, down with him in the locker room after like, the Kings game. He was he's solid. He was yeah. very solid. Uh, and we know. I mean, Jonathan again. It's coming to come from another country. Obviously, different culture. He's young. He's in the middle of this team. He hasn't been great at the podium. He was very direct in answering. Look you in the eye, and I think we've kind of heard that from Kerr. Like they felt yes, that too. Yes, like, you know? yes. They have Anthony Vereen, who's kind of his like closest coach, has talked about that. They think Chris Paul has helped him, and yeah, I would say every media availability or every even just interaction that I've been around, I've seen that. I've seen it, it's a it's an elevated approach. It's an elevated confidence, a, a seriousness, uh, a realization of what he needs to do, and like the fact that like what he does is what they need. You know, seventeen free throws the other night. This is a team that doesn't get to the line. They lost the guy that got to the line the most for them last year, Jordan Poole. Um, so I think a big Kaminga season's coming. I do think the, the rotate, the log jam ahead of him makes it tough. Steve Kerr's hesitancy, I think, to use him like you saw tonight in closing lineups makes it a little tough for him. But, you know, and I don't know what a huge Kaminga season might mean. You know, we talk about, oh, he could be a trade chip. Jesus, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus, Marcus Thompson will lead the league in, 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 uh, in phone drops. Uh, yeah, okay. So, all right, this is a good season preview. We will talk to you probably next week after Warriors, Suns, Kevin Durant in front of uh, fans. I have heard, by the way, to, to expect some type of tribute video for Kevin Durant. Which I heard they're going to lower his jersey in the rafters. <laughs> yeah. I heard they're going to unveil a statue, statue out front. Statue. Okay, sorry. We didn't actually hear this. Nobody reported. <laughs> all right, uh, I did hear video, though. All right, we will talk to you later. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.